thankful today to Karen Combs following through Believer's Baptism and also to unite with this church family. We're so proud of you, Karen, and we welcome you. And Sarah and I ask everyone to enter into these waters as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great way to start the service. Amen, church? Well, good morning. It's so good to see you. How we doing? Good. All right. Excellent. Well, if you're visiting with us, it's so good to see you. Thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Um, you're our honored guest. We have a QR code in the pew in front of you and also on the screen behind me. And we just ask that you take a minute, uh, scan that QR code and tell us a little about you so we can get to know you a little better. And at the end of the service, and we have a special gift for you out here at the Welcome Center, but we're so glad all of you are here. I want to welcome those watching online as well as we worship together. Let's stand, let's stand and praise the name of Jesus this morning. He's worthy of praise. Amen, church. Come on. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The heavens declare your greatness, the oceans cry out to you. The mountains, they bow down. 
this morning because of the power of the blood. Amen. Let's sing this great hymn of the faith together. Would you be free? Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Let me hear you. Come on. There is power. power. Wonder-working power in the blood.
Take a few moments and greet somebody around you this morning. promise you this, the blood has covered you. And you have a God who loves you unconditionally, who sent his son to die on a cross just for you. And no matter what you're going through, good or bad, we can call on him this morning. Let's sing this great hymn of the faith, When Peace Like a River. When peace like a
service, this last verse gets me every time. I love that I have hope for tomorrow. I love that my God loves me enough he's preparing a place for me. Church, I don't know about you, but times can be rough here on earth. And we can look and say, when the clouds are rolled back and the trump resounds, and the best part, when the Lord himself, our Savior, descends, we can say it as well. So we're going to sing that last verse again just because I can't just do it once. It excites me so much. And Lord, he's the day with my
clothed in rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. I'm 
so grateful that you're here today and that we can sing praise to God. What beautiful music today. And I'm so grateful that we're a church that believes in the power of prayer. And maybe you're here today and you're going through a, a difficult season in your life. Maybe you're watching online today from wherever and you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with pain, you're struggling with grief, you're struggling with an addiction, you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with loneliness, you're struggling with a financial problem, you're struggling with lostness. And this is the one place where you can find hope in Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come to this altar, you can kneel, you can stand, you can pray from your seat. However the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? together. God, we come before you with humble hearts, with grateful hearts. I pray, Lord, before this service is through with redeemed, saved hearts and souls. Father, we are so humbled that you would love us just as we are. But Lord, love us so much that you don't want us to stay this way. That because the closer we draw to you, the more aware we are of sin in our lives and shame and guilt and pride and shortcomings. But Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are set free. We are forgiven. We're healed. And Lord, today we lift up not only these folks gathered at this altar, people praying from their seats, People praying with us, God, um, all over the country. Lord, we just know you already know what's going on, but yet we come asking and seeking and knocking, asking in the name of Jesus Christ that your perfect will would be done. Father, we have families grieving today. I pray, Lord, for Sharon Miller and the Miller family and the loss of Bill or Willie Miller and ask that they might feel your comfort as he went to be with you last night. Father, we continue to pray for the Bottoms family and the loss of Glenn, that you would be with Barbara and Glenna and Claudia, their whole family, God, that they would feel your presence and your peace during this loss. Father, we pray for folks, so many in our church, going through chemo treatment or radiation or immunotherapy, God, we know you gift medical professionals with knowledge and treatments, and we pray they are successful, but we know you have the divine power to heal. And we pray that by your stripes, by your wounds, Lord, they would be healed in every way. Father, I pray for folks here that are battling private pain. It might be an addiction. It might be depression. It might be anxiety and panic attacks. It, 
It might be, God, a, a relationship struggle, a financial need. It, it may be, Lord, that someone's here and they've never confessed their sin and asked for your forgiveness and invited you to come into their heart. May this be the day of salvation for some, for many. And Father, I pray that, again, you would just forgive me and forgive us and Give us a pure heart, O oh God, because you tell us in your word, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we want to see you today, Lord. So, Father, I, I just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We continue to lift up Israel and pray for peace. We continue to pray for our country, Lord, that you would bring guidance and wisdom, that you would protect our military, protect our nation. Protect our families, our homes, our schools, our churches. Father, may we keep in step with your Holy Spirit. May we never run ahead of you nor lag behind you or get out of step with you, but keep us in perfect step with your Spirit. We'll just thank you and praise you, God, for your faithfulness. So I pray now, God, that you would continue to lead us through this service continue, God, to move through our musicians and speak through your word and through your servant. We'll just thank you for the victories. Father, we trust you to bring. We already thank you for Karen and Caden and their decisions today, and I pray that their baptisms would be a witness to others who need to do the same thing. We'll just thank you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 7? And so grateful today that after the reading of God's Word, Angela Eaton will be coming to, to play for us. She blessed our hearts at the early service, and we hear you prayerfully. Angela, after the reading of God's Word. This, this is a, a familiar story to many of you, but maybe new to others. It's a powerful story. It's, a, it's really a great passage, and I pray that, that God would speak to you through it. Begin with verse 36, Luke chapter 7. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. 
Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you so much for that beautiful message and song, Angela. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And I'm so grateful that you are here today. And again, we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. I always like to share a little humor. And this has actually become an annual Thanksgiving tradition that I share this joke with you. And once you hear it, act as if you've never heard it before and laugh hysterically. But you all might recall the story. There was a, a gentleman that received a gift. It was a unique gift. It was a parrot. And as this man received a parrot, clearly the previous owner must have had a, uh, I guess, a little bit of a, a, I guess, foul language. And the, the parrot was laced conversation vocabulary with profanity. The parrot was rude. The parrot was obnoxious. And so this new owner was shocked and devastated that this parrot talked and acted in such a terrible way. So the, the man tried to be kind to the parrot and speak positive words and, and to play soft music and, and tried to just be as comforting as he could. And that parrot just continued to squawk off profanity and, and bad words and all kinds of craziness. Finally, the guy was getting a little frustrated and aggravated and and so he shook the cage of the parrot in his frustration and that parrot squawked out even louder and, and just continued to spat out all kinds of craziness and finally to the point where this man was felt like he was so overwhelmed he opened that cage and he grabbed that parrot ran to the refrigerator opened the freezer and stuffed it in the freezer and that thing squawked and kicked and carried on, and then it got completely quiet. Well, the man started getting a little concerned. He thought, maybe I was too tough on that pair. Maybe, maybe I hurt it. Maybe, maybe I ought to, to check on it. So he went and opened that freezer door, and that, that little parrot kind of wobbled out with frost on its feathers and said, I'm so sorry if, if I offended you by my behavior, and I hope you will accept my most hum humble uh, apology. And I just have one more question. What did the t turkey do? <laughs> the turkey lost its head, so... I heard a story just uh, the other day about a grandson who went to see his grandmother. And uh, the grandson said, have you looked outside? And said, have you noticed there's a change in the weather? And do you notice that the leaves are changing colors? The leaves are falling? Do, do you know what time of year this is? And and the grandmother, with her intuition and, and discernment, said, are, are you wanting me to make you a pumpkin pie? And he said, yes, that's, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm wanting a, a pumpkin pie. So the grandmother would oblige and make a pumpkin pie for her grandson. You know, I think it's funny. We, we see the changing season, don't we? We see the trees uh, changing colors, the leaves falling, the temperature's getting colder. 
We know what time it is, don't we? It's Thanksgiving time. And I thought it was funny, ironic, this past week I was listening to Kayla of Christian Radio. Maybe some of y'all heard this. They shared, and this has nothing to do with the sermon. These are just fun facts. That they shared that there were three foods that people really didn't particularly care for at Thanksgiving. One of them was cranberry sauce. And I didn't like cranberry sauce, you know, as a child. Now I think you can put it on just about anything and makes it taste good. And so cranberry sauce was one. The second thing they said people didn't really care for was pumpkin pie. Can you believe that? Man, you, you give me a pumpkin pie out of the refrigerator with some ready whip on that thing. Man, that is some good stuff. You eat a little bit and go back and get some more. And that is, I didn't like pumpkin pie as a child, but I sure like it now. I, I'm all about pumpkin pie. It's good. And then the third food they said people really didn't like at Thanksgiving time is turkey. What is wrong with people? How can you not like turkey? That, that is some good stuff. I mean, you can put turkey in dressing or turkey and beans or turkey and broccoli casserole or turkey and sweet potato Anyway, and it's good, even with cranberry sauce on top. And then they went on to share that there was a song that was originally written for Thanksgiving that became a popular Christmas song, but it was originally written to be a Thanksgiving song. Do y'all know what song it was? Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells was supposed to be a Thanksgiving song. It was going to be called One One Horse Open Sleigh, and it turned into a famous Christmas song. So here's some fun facts. Impress your family over Thanksgiving. Say, here's some things you maybe didn't know. Now on to more important things. In our scripture today, we see a Pharisee by the name of Simon. Now, Pharisees were Jewish religious leaders. Pharisees were uh, teachers of the law. The name Pharisees actually meant separated ones. Uh, The Pharisees would try to keep the law of the Old Testament to have a strict adherence to the law of the Old Testament. But many times these Pharisees were religious, going through the formalities of religion, but they did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many people are here today that might be religious but don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, you're going to hear me talk about it in just a little bit. I'm all about coming to church, and I'm all about being committed to the Lord, but just coming to church doesn't save you. Only Jesus Christ can do that. We want to come as a result of what Jesus has done for us. We want to show Him our love and our gratitude for everything He's done by saying, as long as I have life and breath, and I can get there, and I can sing praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I can bring my family, and I can be a witness to my neighbors and my classmates and my teammates, then I'm going to be in God's house. But this Pharisee was religious, but clearly missing out 
on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And so during this story, not only do we see a Pharisee, but we meet a woman who actually was much like this young man who had gone to see his grandmother. There was a lady that showed up who was looking for something. And she was looking for something far sweeter than pumpkin pie. She was looking for something that would radically transform and change her life. And I guarantee you, in a group this size or people watching, there are some of you all looking for something today. You're looking for something you've not been able to find. You've been looking for love and peace in all the wrong places. You've been looking for fulfillment. You've been looking for salvation in all the wrong places. And I pray that before this service is over, you would look to Jesus because he can meet all of your needs. But in this story, as we're all looking for something, I, I think the first thing that we see that she and others were looking for a gathering or for a get-together. Now, there was a Pharisee who we know as Simon who had invited Jesus to to come to his house for dinner. And when, when Jesus arrived there, when he got there, he reclined at the table. It was a, it was a gathering of people. It was a get-together, like some of you are going to be doing later this week. And, and you know what? It's more enjoyable when we can get together with family and friends and loved ones, but sometimes it's more stressful, isn't it? I, I know that this past week, I ran into a lady, and I could tell as soon as I spoke to her, she had a look of distress on her face. And, and I said, are you doing okay? And she said, well, it's a rough day. And I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, you know, family, you got to love them. But she said, sometimes you can just get too much. <laughs> and this is before Thanksgiving. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I, I pray that it gets better. But she was as serious as could be. Sometimes you can just get too much. Have you wondered why Simon this Pharisee asked Jesus to come to his house for dinner? There's been speculations and theories. Some have said that this Pharisee was truly a sympathizer. He was excited to have Jesus come to his home, that, that he was... a uh, a supporter of Jesus. And so he wanted to have him here. Jesus uh, was not hated by all Pharisees. Y'all remember old Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that came to Jesus at night, and Jesus said, I tell you that you must be born again. And so some have said that. I don't really think that's probably why he had him. Others think that he, he was invited because Simon wanted to trap Jesus. He wanted to get Jesus to say something to break the law so they could press charges against him. I really don't think that was probably it. And then, best case, most likely, probably, Simon was an impressor of people. He, he wanted to, uh, to host a celebrity. This mystery man people have been hearing about, he he wanted Jesus to come and entertain, like inviting a clown to a birthday party. He would invite Jesus to come to this party and 
entertain folks. I think that's probably most likely. And Jesus accepted the invitation knowing good well, good and well, however he invited him, Jesus was willing to go. Because Jesus knew what was going to happen at this get-together. And we see Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 10, while Jesus was having dinner with Matthew, that many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and the other disciples. Jesus had already been accused earlier in Luke chapter 7 as being a partier, a glutton. And so Jesus enjoyed being with people, even sinners. And we see in Luke chapter 19, verse 5, remember when Jesus was entering Jericho, there was a, a wee little man named Zacchaeus who got up in the sycamore fig tree. And remember in verse 5 of Luke chapter 19, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, you come down out of that tree. I must stay at your house today. Jesus went to a gathering, and Zacchaeus' whole family got saved because Jesus showed up for supper that night. The whole household came to Christ because of that gathering. I, I think about one of the characteristics of the early church out of Acts chapter 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. God's people loved getting together, eating, fellowshipping, praying together, worshiping together. And we should enjoy doing the same thing. You know, Christianity is not to be lived out in isolation. Christianity is for the people. And Jesus, we can go on and on about the feeding of the 5,000 and being in the upper room with his disciples. And wherever Jesus was, there was a crowd. And they came together. And I love Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Talking about the return of Christ. I've told you that COVID was one of the most difficult times when this worldwide pandemic, not understanding, not knowing what to do, we were all scrambling around doing what we thought was best and trying our best and an unseen enemy of what to do. But so many people got out of the habit of coming to church. And I often miss folks, and I might see folks who say, you know, we still watch on TV. You know, we still watch. And look, I'm so thankful we have this ministry for people that are shut in or people that are ill or we have people that worship with us out of state. But I want to tell you this. If you have the health and ability to be in God's house, you need to get back to church. You need to be in God's house. Because just this past Wednesday, after the service, after prayer meeting, when we had gathered together to pray and worship, I was talking down here with some of the, the praise team, some of the worship team, and and. My daughters were in here. Uh, Sophie had been playing the guitar and singing, and Aunt Catherine, they were teaching her up on the drums, Sophie on the drums. And, and then as I was talking to Jeff Brewer and Joel Miller, John Witt, some of the praise team down here, Jeff Brewer said something beautiful 
and maybe you've seen this, heard this, a version of this. He said, you know what? You can watch a fireplace on TV, but you can't feel its warmth. And when you're at home, you miss the warmth of God's Spirit in this place and coming together. And I believe some of you are here today looking for a gathering. It might be at Thanksgiving. It might be for worship. But then secondly, there are folks looking for gratitude. As we read on in verses 37 and 38, that a woman who lived in that town who had lived a sinful life, we all think probably she was a prostitute, lady of the night. When she learned that Jesus had gone to the home of this Pharisee, she, she went with an alabaster jar of perfume and as she was standing behind Jesus, she was weeping and her tears were wetting his feet and her hair she used to dry his feet and she began to kiss his feet and pour perfume on them. Well-to-do people at this time would build a house with a, an open courtyard. And so when they would have a dinner party or have a special guest teacher or rabbi, then community people could gather around, not behind a closed door, but in this open courtyard. Anybody could wander up and listen in and try to get some pearls of wisdom that were coming from the teacher. And so there's no doubt that this woman had come up because she heard Jesus, what he was talking about, and there's no doubt that she was convicted of her sin and she began to weep as Jesus was reclining at the table. When I say a table, we're talking about a table that was on the ground in the proper eating position. Now, you couldn't get away with this at your grandmother's house. He'd say, set up at the table. But the proper position would be an arm on the table. Can you all see me over there? resting on the table, and then she came up behind him. That's how she could stand behind him at his feet, weeping. She, he was reclining at the table, and she began to weep. Why do you think she was weeping? Because she heard that God would love her and forgive her. And so she came with gratitude. Then old Simon, <laughs> religious Simon, he said, now, this guy was a prophet. He would, he would know who this woman is that's, that's touching him, that she was a sinner. I think this is so funny in this story. If he, if he knew who this was, if he was really a prophet, Simon said that to himself. He said it to himself. Did y'all get that? And then Jesus said, Simon, I have something to tell you. He knew exactly what Simon was thinking. And he said, there was a money lender that, that gave money to two people. One, he gave 500 denarii, the other 50. And neither one of them could pay off their debt, so he canceled the debt of both of them. And he said, now which one of them do you think will love him more? 
And Simon said, the, the one who had the, the greater debt paid. He said, you have judged correctly. And then he went on, he started saying, from the, there was a common practice during this time. It was this, uh, the right thing to do. It was hospitality. It was, it was tradition. It was customary. If somebody came into the house after walking in sandals or barefoot, then you would have a basin of water to wash the feet. That was common courtesy. A representative of the house or the host would wash feet. And then, and then they not only would wash the feet, then they would place their hand on their shoulder and kiss them on both sides. And then they would have some oil to maybe just to freshen them up, put oil on their head just as a, again, just a, a nice gesture, sprucing them up, you know, a little style over the sink right there. And then he said, Jesus said, I came in and you didn't give me any water for my feet, yet this woman hasn't stopped washing my feet with her tears. Then he said, and you know, Simon, you did not kiss me, but this woman hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I entered into the door. You know, Simon, you, you didn't put any oil on my head, but this woman poured perfume on my feet. And she hadn't stopped kissing my feet. And Jesus was making the point that Simon showed no gratitude. He showed no respect to Jesus. But yet, we are to show gratitude. And I, I think about David, who was a man after God's own heart, but he also committed adultery and he committed murder. But yet we read in Psalm 51, verse 15, he said, Open my lips, Lord, so that my mouth may declare your praise. He understood what it meant to receive the forgiveness of God. I think about Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons removed from her. And how grateful she was because we see in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, that Mary Magdalene was the first at the tomb with the other Mary to anoint the body of Jesus with spices to show her gratitude for what Jesus had done for her. I think about Paul. of Christians who had been radically transformed through the grace of God, through Jesus. And we see in 1 Timothy 1, 15, now here is a trustworthy statement that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world 
to save sinners of whom I am the worst. All these people were sinners. Guess what? All of these people are sinners too. We're all sinners. And yet we are to praise God from whom all blessings flow. I received monthly the Decision Magazine from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and in the November edition, there was a testimonial by Pastor Jack Graham. Jack Graham is a longtime pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. And uh, Jack Graham in 2009, after being active, playing golf, playing tennis, working out in the weight room, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so his world was rocked. Thankfully, they caught it early. But he said, had it not been for his faith in the Lord, for the love of his family, for God's word and prayer and good counselors, he doesn't know where he would have been. But as he went to see a counselor, this counselor said, I want to encourage you to have a gratitude journal. I want you every morning to write down three things when you get up that you're thankful for. To help you to gaze over the darkness of your situation and to see the truth of the love people have for you and that God has a purpose for your life. So he began to do that every morning and God began to heal him from the inside out. Maybe that's what you need today. You need to start making a gratitude journal. Once you start writing down what you're thankful for, I guarantee you it will be greater than everything that's wrong that so easily is thrown up in our face. We all need to have gratitude. And maybe you're looking for gratitude today. But lastly, maybe you're looking for grace. Maybe you're looking for grace. Jesus, after sharing with Simon what this woman had done and what he had not done, he said, see this woman? I tell you, her sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Bible commentator William Barclay said that he thought one of the greatest sins is to be conscious of no sin. That one of the greatest sins is to be conscious of no sin. That means you don't think you have any sin. No, really, in this story, when you look at it, you think, oh, this woman who everybody in town knew as, as that kind of lady, that kind of woman, coming in here with her unbound hair and, and wiping Jesus' feet. We all know what kind of woman she is. I'm sure some of the Pharisees knew her personally. We all know what kind of woman she is. And yet the real sinner in the story was Simon and the others who thought, I'm good, but look at her sin. Why is it sometimes we compare ourselves, well, at least I don't do that. Well, at least I don't do that. Compared to Christ, we all fall short. 
He's our standard, not the person next to you. Christ is the standard. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And maybe you're here today and you said, you know what, I've done some things that nobody else knows and I don't really know what to do. I've said some hurtful things and you all know that hurt people hurt people. I've said some things, done some things and I don't know what to do. I want to encourage you to come to Jesus and he'll show you grace. I promise you. He will show you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You just come just as you are. Paul said in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Every single one of us need grace today. All of us. Everyone. I don't know how religious or holy you've tried to be, but we are all sinners in need of God's grace. And I pray this Thanksgiving that you would find what you're looking for. Hope you'll find gathering. We're having one here tonight. We love to have you. We love to get together and fellowship and eat and praise the Lord. You would be grateful. Show gratitude this, this Thanksgiving. And extend grace. We want God's grace, so we've got to show grace to others. We want His. We've got to give it to others. Is there someone you can show grace to this Thanksgiving as we pray together? God, I pray right now in this moment that if there are any folks here that have never come to Jesus, have never come to you, that they would come today just as they are with their sin, with their guilt, with their pride, with their arrogance, with their addiction, with their temptations, with their secrets. God, maybe we can hide from people, but we can't hide from you. You know it's inside and out. Lord, this woman in the story didn't care what people thought. She just came and poured that expensive perfume, her tool of the trade, on your feet, an extravagant act of love because of the love she had received. Oh God, would there be someone here today that would come surrender, pour out their heart and life to you to give you the best that we have because of what you've done for us. Lord, maybe there's some folks here and they've doubted your existence. They've rebelled against you, run from you. God, we're not promised tomorrow, so would someone be willing to come today and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry for the mess I've made of my life and the pain I've caused others. Please forgive me, Lord. I know you'll say, just like you told the woman, your sins have been forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Our faith saves us through your grace. Thank you, Lord. Lord, maybe there's people that are looking for a 
place to gather, a place to worship, a place to serve. There's strength in numbers. The devil can pick us off when there's just one or two, but there's strength when we are together. We can encourage one another, love one another, pray for one another, support one another, testify one another. God, bring some new family members in today. However your Holy Spirit leads, we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and come as we sing this beautiful hymn of commitment. It would be my privilege to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing? being here today, allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. What a great day it has been, uh, beginning with the baptisms and the beautiful music and 
sharing from God's Word. I pray that if you would like to speak with me, one of our staff beyond this service, it would be our privilege to speak with you, pray with you about your decision and your walk with the Lord. A couple of quick reminders. As you're leaving today, there'll be some ushers out in the foyer. Uh, it's a dollar bill day where if you have a dollar or two, all this money goes to the manor house, our food pantry across the street, and also to purchase some food baskets for families. If you haven't come prepared, you can do it tonight. If you're coming to our holiday meal, it'll be 5 o'clock down in the fellowship hall. If you can't make it to the holiday meal, which I know is going to be great. we got a packed house supposed to be here. You can come upstairs, and there's a concert by Voices of Praise, a group from Lexington. So if you can't make the meal, you can come and feast on some great music. So we invite you to come join us uh, after the meal at 5. You could probably show up around 6 or so, and we'll be back upstairs here. But it's going to be a great night. You don't want to miss, and there's an opportunity you can give uh, for the dollar drive for our manor house this evening. But the meal is a gift from the church as we celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Thank you all for being here today. And I, I just want to say this from my heart. My family and I so appreciate you all and love you all so much. And for the love you all show us and support, words aren't adequate to express our gratitude. More than anything, I'm so grateful to God for his mercy and for his grace. And so I pray that you and your family have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. We hope you'll come back and worship with us again real soon, even next Sunday. Sean, if you don't mind, uh, close us in a song. And then John Baker, our Deacon of the Week, will lead us in a closing prayer. There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Let's bow and close out a wonderful day of prayer. Lord, we're just so thankful, so thankful get the opportunity to come and worship you. Thank you so much for Todd's message this morning that uh, you delivered through him. We're just so thankful for him. And Father, I pray that we would show our gratitude and thankfulness to you, Lord, this week as we gather with family and friends and, and um, others in the community. Father, I pray that we would show your love and grace and mercy, Father, and uh, because people need it, not because they deserve it. We love you, Father. Forgive us for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.